Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Well, hello there, Mel. What are you surrounded by right now? Ooh, I got some pinto beans, I got some white beans, I got some black beans, I got some Chef Boyardee raviolis, I got some uh, Ritz crackers. I'm in my food storage type room because I'm hiding from my kids in this room. So that's where I am. I got some... Uh, Toilet paper. What? Toilet paper. Do you have Clorox wipes? No. Those are impossible to still find. Are they? But I've got a thousand paper plates because when Jason died, people brought me paper plates. Like massive amounts. So I still have them. And that's also why I have Chef Boyardee ravioli because I don't think any of my kids will even eat that. I'll eat it. No, you won't. It's not keto, man. Okay. I would have eaten it. In my past yeah. life. Okay. Um, what's your present life doing? My present life? Yeah. Let's see. Actually, it's been pretty busy because one of my music camps that I usually music direct at is this week. However, it's been moved to online. So we have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm pretty busy. That's what I'm doing. And I have the puppy and the puppy's doing great. And my mom made her a little shirt because she has a white Aww. body. So she gets sunburned easily. So she has a little tank what? top. Yeah. White dogs can get, get sunburned. sunburned through their hair. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did not know that. I had a dream. <gasps> I had a dream last night about your house. Tell me. Just remembering it. It was like the, the backyards, your neighbor to the east and your neighbor to the west, there was no fences in between. And so it was like this big giant backyard and there was all these dogs running around that's my but dream there was two dogs that you i know but there was two dogs that you didn't want to be in there hmm. i don't know who they belong to i also had a crazy dream about my aunt last night so, so your brain's kind of rolling around doing a bunch of things my brain is yeah let's talk about you yeah. then what's happening are you traumatized this week um i know i, I ruined your life one of the days i'm sorry you totally ruined my life you didn't ruin my life you just made it less fun we were gonna go rollerblading and then you're like i have this meeting it's gonna get done and then you're like actually my meeting's never getting done because they won't stop talking and that's what Stupid. happened 
And then that was that wasn't was that an actual transcript? Yeah, actual transcript events, or was that a reenactment, realistic reenactment, re-enactment. made for TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that wasn't the bad part of the day. I mean, that sucked. But then it was, um, it was later when there was like couples things going on, and I was like. Oh, where's my couple? That's the so, worst. I have a hard time with that. It's hard for me to be around families, like whole yeah. families, for longer than thirty minutes because I feel so out of place. But then it's it's also bad because I they're not doing anything wrong, right? You know, it's not like I expect them to change their behavior and never go on a date with their husband, you know, or be like we should invite Anita every time we go on a date. It's just. It just highlights where you are. So it's not anything anybody else can do anything about, if that makes sense. It just is what it is. It just is. Yeah. And so I came home and ate, like, leftovers instead of going on a date with my spouse. Um, Guess what, Dumb. though? What? I am now your spouse, sort of, in a I, I, weird I widow way. Where... <laughs> in a very non-legal way, yes, but and whatever. and we hardly see each other in person, but... That's beside the point. I got us. Are we estranged? No, because we have Zoom oh. dates. Okay, okay. But guess what? Good. What? I got us a present. I got us some cheese. So I'm oh. sorry you had a crappy, coupley, non coupley time. I have a present <laughs> for you, but you have to share it with me because oh. I want to try the cheese too. Okay, that sounds like a good. That sounds like a good plan. Cheese makes. All sorrows feel better, except for Mel. What? Oh, the worst, the second worst thing has happened. Actually, the third worst thing, because I think spouse dying cancer, those might be top two. But we found out my daughter is lactose intolerant. Oh, yeah, that's right. So no cheese for her and everything that I cook, which I don't even make food for my kids anymore. I have just, like, stopped taking care of my children um, everything that I do make or buy seems to have dairy in it. S- sucks. <laughs> she <laughs> She's like, oh, I guess I can't eat that, and I can't eat that, and I can't eat that. And I'm like, here's a carrot. And she's like, but I don't like that. I need better yeah. snacks. Yeah. This is reminding me of that because you and I actually did do something this week. We went swimming. Oh, yeah, that was this week. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, that was fun. And that's when we found out that so many snacks have cheese in them. Like Pringles, yes. because you got a lot of snacks, but she couldn't have any of them. But we had a fun time, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though she was like, I'm so hungry. And then on the way home, <laughs> oh my gosh, I just blew snot out of my nose because I was laughing. Um, There were like a thousand restaurants and my kids were so hungry. And you know where we went? McDonald's. Yes. Of all the places in the world. Because it was the easiest right hand turn to make. Oh, you know what? Good old McDonald's. Speaking of McDonald's, what? I think you need to watch the McMillions documentary because it's about the Monopoly game oh. and the whole scandal that went along with it. It's amazing. I watched that weird bear show that you told me to watch about, what was it called? Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man? Yeah. Have any of you watched Grizzly Man? It's bizarre. There were some definite wonderful parts, but then it was kind of sad because he did get eaten by the bear and actually i felt bad for his girlfriend because she didn't even like bears and she got eaten by a bear too okay yeah that's true the rest of it's pretty interesting though so if if any of you need something very strange to watch watch that you do not see them get eaten it's all the other stuff because the guy documented his time in the alaskan wilderness with the bears he is quite a colorful character if i may say so myself that's why yeah i recommended it to you yeah yeah. It was nuts. Lots of one-liners. Um, we've had several people join the Widow Wives Club in the last couple of weeks. Just a little reminder that they need to answer the questions. So we've run into a little issue, and that is when you invite somebody to the Widow Wives Club, for some reason it bypasses the questions, and we really want people to answer the questions. So instead of inviting people... Anita, I think they can share the group in a message and okay. that way the potential widow wife person can click on it and then that will get them to the questions 
okay, perfect. Because we are not approving people if they don't answer the questions. And we want people to be in our group. We just want to make sure that they understand some of the, you know, the ground rules for the group. Yeah. So. And we've gotten quite a few people that have become members and so many fun people. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm bummed out that everyone's dead, but I'm also glad that we have the dead people's people. So thank you for joining the dead thanks for the dead people's people and they're like from all over the place which i think is really fun yeah and thank you to our listeners who gave us a rating and wrote a review we've gotten a few of those so that means a lot to us thank you so very much and keep it up keep it up and then do more please share the podcast with your friends even if they're not widows maybe they can learn something like how things are for you perfect okay mel what do you want to talk about our guest today? Yes, I'm really excited because we have a special guest. Everyone's a special guest, right? I know. Every, we're like, oh, we're so excited about this I guest. Know. And we're so excited about this guest. Like, every guest is like, yes. But it's so true. It's so genuine. I am excited yeah. about it because, Anita, you and I are pretty vomitous with talking about our experiences. <laughs> and we do not yes. have any boundaries, right? And so yeah. it's yeah. always interesting for me to meet people that, are not vomitous and that they are a little bit more private. Our next guest is more private and reserved with sharing her experiences and she hasn't talked about them very much and we are just really proud of her for sharing her experience on our podcast to the world and her whole reason is because she wanted to help others. So stay tuned for Jennifer Steele. She sounds kind of like a badass. I mean, that's a pretty amazing name as well. It's pretty amazing. too. Okay. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. We're two young widows trying to figure out what do we do now. I know. What do I do now? What do you do now? Chef Boyardee. Keto style. <laughs>Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hey, Mel. What? I'm wondering how your counseling is going with BetterHelp. How is it going? Going really well. I love my therapist. We're working on things to help me through grief things, past things, current things. Really helpful. I'm really glad that I am a part of it. And it's been really awesome to have her available on video. Yeah, it seems super convenient. Yeah, and she messages me during the week and checks on how I'm doing, and it's awesome. That's awesome. Do you think that our listeners might benefit from doing it too, if they have some therapy needs? I do. I think that it would be beneficial for anybody, even if they are not widows, but especially widows, and especially during this time of quarantine slash pandemic slash riots slash everybody hates each other. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think it's a really beneficial thing, and it's a great price, too, when compared to traditional therapy. That's awesome. Okay, so if people want to take advantage of the 10% off the first month, they go to trybetterhelp.com, and that's help as in H-E-L-P. Like the Beatles song. Yeah, slash W-W-D-N. So trybetterhelp.com slash W-W-D-N. Just remember, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. It's more affordable than offline traditional counseling and financial aid is available. So for those of you who may be in bad situations because your husband died or just because you're a human living on the planet and that's a tough thing, BetterHelp can help you 
with financial solutions so that you can get the therapy that you need. And just a reminder as well, this is not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And once you sign up, you will be matched with a counselor within 24 hours. And again, that is trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Happy Okay, Anita, guess what? What? We have another Australian friend, so there's a chance that you will be playing the Australian National Anthem. (laughs) This is terrible news. I know. It's terrible news. So our next guest is one of our listeners, and she reached out to us and agreed to share her story. And we are welcoming Jennifer Steele to the podcast. Jennifer, hello. Hi, Nate Turnmill. Now, it's like 4 o'clock for us in the afternoon on a Wednesday. What time is it there for you? It's about 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow. On a Thursday, right? On a yeah, Thursday. <laughs> I don't. Who even knows what days mean anymore? There's no such thing as days. I know. Between coronavirus and widow brain, I think we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. My daughter's getting ready all by herself this morning. Now, how how old is your daughter? I have three children. I got a 24 year old, a 20 year old, and she's just about to turn 11. Oh, you have a big gap there. <laughs> I have a huge gap. Yeah, you have two different families almost. So Jennifer, where in Australia are you joining us from? New South Wales on the central coast. All right. Anita, your your <laughs> your brain looks like it's thinking. It was. I was trying to be like, where do I know where that is? That's isn't New South Wales where all the fires were? Yeah. Yeah. So how did that go for you? I'm sure that was <laughs> fabulous. It was an absolutely scary um, part of my journey that, Oof. you know, we yeah. had to go through. They didn't come too close to exactly where I live, but we were on the catastrophic list that we had to pack an emergency bag. And um, I'll get to my story later, but to, to do this story, I had to also decide to pack my husband. Oh, my oh, gosh. What? Okay. Okay. Well, we should... <laughs> We should back up. Let's back up first. Start from the beginning so we can get to that story. Yeah, we would love to hear a little bit about you and about your husband and your story. So let's start out with that. Okay. Well, we'll start on how we met. Is that okay? Yeah. That's awesome. I met my husband when I was 21. At the time, I was a single mom. Yes, I was a very young mom. Wow. He was only eight weeks old when I left his real father. So, yeah, um, at the time he was about 16 months of age when I decided to put myself out there again. I decided a dating company, not a website, because there was no such thing as websites. <laughs> and what year was this? How long ago was this? Oh, now you're asking me. <laughs> I know, sorry. Sorry for math questions. <laughs> yeah, it was a math question about 22 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that would be the safest way to go about it. So, um, you know, you had to go into the office. You had to tell them who you are, a little bit about yourself and what you were looking for. As you know, you have no clue what you're doing. (laughs) So my main rules were that they had to accept me being a little bit independent and that I came as a package deal. Right. Pretty much, pretty much it. And he phoned me at least three weeks later and it went from there. So that's like a Will Smith movie, isn't it? Isn't there a a movie about that? And like they actually went to the dating service, right? Yeah. Maybe it wasn't Will Smith. Yeah, wasn't he like the matchmaker? I don't remember. I'm sure Will think, oh, you know that movie? It was a very exciting first blind date, I tell you. So, So somebody at the agency connected you to is that how it would work yeah exactly how it worked was it called just harmony because now there's e-harmony so it was just harmony paper harmony i have (laughs) no clue i don't remember what it's called sorry sorry we're getting you off track i know sorry do that we're just so intrigued (laughs) this is so interesting (laughs) okay okay so you met yeah blind date go ahead go yeah 
a blind date and then yeah it just it just went from there and um it was it was really good what did you guys do on your first date do you remember absolutely do i remember Woo! tell us (laughs) um (laughs) he he picked me up in his bright yellow tirana v8 at the corner on a service station and we actually went rollerblading like roller skating no way that's so fun (laughs) i made him go because i thought you know public being in the you know in the public was very very safe and it was absolutely hilarious because he had no idea how to skate (laughs) (laughs) it's funny and how old was he at the time and you were 21 right at that time i was 21 and he was 27 and the funny story was when i went to the dating agency I had this age in my mind that I wouldn't go above the age of 25. Uh. So I was really hesitant at first. So I thought, there's no harm. And I'm glad I did. So he was the first date that you went on through the agency and he didn't fulfill your criteria initially. And it ended up being the exact right match for you, right? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> so what is his name? Oh, sorry. Um, Warren. Warren. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So you went on your blind date, and then where did it go from there? I mean, I know we kind of know, but yeah, you kind of tell us the story. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're on our podcast, so we know. Very, very early on in the relationship, he he told me exactly what he wanted. He said, "By the time I'm 30, I want my own house and a child of my own." So it was a huge relief, in a sense, to know that that's what he wanted in life. So. By the time I was 24, we had our first child and it was four, only four days after his 30th birthday that I had her. Man, you guys were just hitting the marks. Yeah. And when she was six months old, we brought our first home. I would like to say you were living the American dream, except for you live in Australia. <laughs> <I know>. so. <laughs> and Jennifer, what did Warren do for a living? When I first met him, he was a fitter and turner. So, you know. What is that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to describe to you girls. Um, Say that you needed a part for your engine. He would get on the lathe lathe and make that to position. I would think that was a machinist. I think that's what we would call it here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he did. It was a fitter and turner by trade. Okay, cool. So you're living your life. Everything's good. You're living the American-Australian dream in Australia. <laughs> and and you have two kids at this point. So where did your life take you after you have your kid that you already had and then the one that you had with Warren? Stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah, that was really important but to both of us that, you know, at least one of us stayed at home for the kids and one of us went to work. But um, we, within our story, there was a time there where he um, got laid off because his company, you know, um, failed. So um, he challenged me. He said, if you can get a full-time job before me, I'll trade you. So um, I started my journey um, being a nurse. Yeah, so it was my passion to, to look after people. So I followed that, and I'm still a carer to this day. Were you already, did you already have a nursing certificate or a nursing degree, or did you get one at that point? I got one at that point. Oh, wow, okay. And started in a nursing home in high care. And then our third daughter came along, and I stopped working again to look after her I don't know if you feel this way but sometimes um I feel this way like phew I'm so glad that I had a marketable skill before my husband died because the stress of them dying and just being at home and then trying to figure out your life after that would have been really awful did you feel like that absolutely I was I was grateful for chance but i we should go back to like the lead up okay to his passing yeah go ahead um so he got he got injured at at work he was in pain 
pretty much 24-7 by the end of it. We finally found out that he had three bulging discs in his neck and he had to fight all the way for any treatment for four years through his company. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was very difficult to watch him suffer with his pain and everything else, as you can imagine, that goes with that. So I started to work again because he couldn't. And then that's how I came back into nursing, but I chose to do home care because I thought it was more personal. You can pick your hours. You can fit it around your family life. And it's just um, so suit us so much better he um he finally ended up getting cortisone injections that seemed to ease the pain just a little he was told by his specialist eventually that he was confident that an operation would give him as much relief as the injections gave him and told him that he it, it would be the best best way to go but he had to get approval from his company i can't mention the company's name for obvious reasons <laughs> it was a huge fight for for four years to to get even this far so his company again sent him to their own independent doctor and only one week before he passed they denied his surgery so basically he was told they thought it was too risky and that he had to put up with the pain. Just for the rest of his life, just live in chronic pain. And that is so hard. Oh, man. It's really, really, really difficult to to navigate through that. Yeah. That, that is it. It just takes the wind right out of your sails to think that maybe there's a solution and then to have that kind of ripped away from you and say, oh, guess what? Nope, you just get to live like this forever yeah yeah forever yeah and to go on top of all of that i had i've got one weird thing to share if that's okay sure we love weird please (laughs) well i actually had a very 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 vivid dream about him dying before it happened what wow yeah i even knew the month holy cow i really really close to even the date but I ignored it I thought no way it's just not how like there's no way you can imagine like your dreams or feelings would be true yeah so um for me it was really it was really difficult so Jennifer I have a question um when you woke up from that dream, did you think that it was just like a random dream? You know, our brains do so many weird things. Like we have thoughts rolling around or like we don't have those thoughts rolling around and then they can manifest in our dreams. Like when you woke up, were you like, okay, that could happen maybe, but that was just a dream. I'll brush it off. Or what was your, what were your feelings? I tried, I tried so hard to brush it off. But looking back now, I kind of, I've had vivid dreams throughout my life and there's been a few times where it's actually happened. So it was, it was so hard for me to, to brush it off. So how close was this dream to when he actually died? That's what I was trying to remember. And I honestly don't remember how soon it was. But um yeah. Oh man. <laughs> wow. It was it was tough. <laughs> but even though he died very, very, very suddenly. He died from an undiagnosed heart disease. It was, you know, a shock. Now, where was he at your home when he died, or can you walk us through a little of that? As you know, he was in pain all the time, so he found it more comfortable. We set up a little 
um, bed in the in the lounge room for him because he just found it more comfortable and to be present, you know, within the family. So, um, yes, I woke up to get ready for work and I found him. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. And working in a nursing home, you think I'd be, I'd be okay because I had dealt with end of life and the deceased but as you can imagine, it was totally, absolutely different. It was a whole roller coaster of emotions. But the most prominent emotion was anger because my, 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 my brain automatically assumed that he had accidentally, unintentionally overdosed. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And um, our children were here. At home. Um, the oldest one was 18 at the time and my youngest one was nine and it was only, I was only 42, but it was only one week before my 43rd birthday. That is so rude. <laughs> so rude. Warren, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys can tell your husband to to, to kick, kick him, him in the, the shins. Yeah, that's Jason's sure. job. That's since... Jason's job <laughs> to kick people in the shins. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, how long ago was this? About thirteen months, almost fourteen months oh, okay. ago. So a little over a year. Yeah, a little over a year. I assume that it's just like most people in that they had an autopsy and you had to wait however long to get the results of that so in in the beginning you were thinking that maybe he had taken too much pain medication and you had to wait to find out whether or not that was the case and that's when you were feeling a lot of anger do I have that right exactly right okay but um the hardest part about it was like we were very you know quiet you know and um it was very very difficult for me to have so many police, ambulance, the coroner, the, you know, the people who took the photos, that it was basically designated as a crime scene. You're living like a true crime nightmare. It was, yeah. For real. <laughs> it was very, very true um, crime nightmare. That's always scary too because they always look at the spouse first. <laughs> right because they work their way is working like out out from like the most familiar people so did they treat you kindly with their questioning one officer treated me kindly one officer not so much he was very monotone he was very hard to read and he was a bit standoffish hmm. but um one thing looking back I'm grateful for is that they offered me a pastor from the, um, yeah, a pastor from the um, ambulance offices. Even though I'm not a Christian or, you know, have many beliefs about that side of stuff, I thought that would be the best way to not only really help myself but help my children. Your children are home, so they were there on uh -huh. all of this madness right like cops and and ambulances yep. and all that stuff um what was yeah. their reaction to the, all of that i mean that's so much for anyone to deal with but especially like kids it was extremely hard because my the oldest one at the time i, I was so determined not for them to see so determined not for them to see which my youngest one gladly appreciated and stuck to. However, my 18-year-old had to step up because I was a mess. She had to step up. So she, she was the one who rang the ambulance because in between all my, I call them people in my, you know, I rotated between lots of different people at that at that day, you know, from the angry mum to the mama bear mum and to the caring mum and the freak out mum and, yeah, so she, the eldest one, 
actually witnessed pretty much everything along with me, which was really, really difficult. Wow. Have you, have you and um, she done counseling to work through those traumatic memories? We have, but we've done it separately, um, not together. I didn't know the, the COVID. Um, it just, it just never, it just never worked out that we could do it together. But I, I've been lucky that um, I've been still been able to do counselling by phone when 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 I need it. Have you found it to be helpful? Have you found that it has lessened the, you know, the traumatic manifestation for you? And do you think it's been helpful for your daughter, or is it still pretty fresh and raw? It sounds like it's still pretty fresh is still pretty raw for you how do I say it's it's easier to not think about it as you can probably identify with so yeah I mean and you know Anita and I always talk about how we question ourselves are we sociopaths because sometimes we have no feelings and then sometimes we have all the feelings and and as you also went through the same sort of shock that we did where it's like they're here one day and then they're gone the next with no warning. And so shock does such a number on the brain. Um, it affects your memory. It affects all sorts of things. And your brain's trying to process stuff and it can't sort it out. And so do your brains just feel like they've been jiggled around? And <laughs> that's how I feel still. <laughs> I feel like a paint can being shaken around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, even she even rang work and told them because I had to work that day. I had to work that day at eight o'clock. I had to start at eight. She rang work and said, "There's been a family emergency. She won't be in today." Man, that is a hard call to make. She totally wins she, an award. She wins an award for keeping <laughs> yeah. it together. Yeah. She kept wow. it together. I didn't. That was good of her to step up and do it. How did everything go with the funeral? Did you have a funeral or did you? Tell us about it. Did he get buried or cremated or what was that like? Well, my first initial was like, shit, I have to phone his parents. And as you can imagine, that was one of the most difficult conversations I've ever had to have. And they live four-hour drive away. So they packed up and, and came pretty much as soon as they could. And then I rang my mum, which... She lives one hour away because she was, you know, the closest one. She was obviously here first. She actually helped with the police and the coroner and all those other people because, you know, I was just stomping around and being angry and... (laughs) (laughs) Throwing things and yelling at things and crying and then laughing. And then... I rang my my sister who lives 13 hour drive away. Whoa. Everybody lives forever away in Australia. <laughs> you guys. In the in that case that my sister and his parents both came to me and um they stayed with us for the first 3 weeks. Mm, yeah, they wow. they I felt kind of obligated to get his parents' input on absolutely everything. I felt like that too, Jennifer. It's like, it's such a big decision. All those little things that are big things when somebody dies, like you want to be sensitive to everybody because that person meant something to everybody, right? And so you want to do things the right way and be sensitive and get get an agreement on things. Yeah. And that's also something that you don't even think you're going to ever talk about because your no, husband's not supposed no. to die. <laughs> like, how old was Warren when he died? He was 48. You're not supposed to die before 48, right? Like, maybe like 98. Mm-hmm. Not, not at all. Like, he didn't even have a will. Yeah, sounds like us. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he, every, absolutely everything, I mean everything except my car, was in his name. Oh, wow. Yeah, what did you run into as far as those things go? Did you have a lot of trouble? So much trouble. His parents helped me with all the funeral arrangements. Um, we ended up, as you know, because I kind of said it very early on, we we decided on cremating him. And, um, yes, we had a, we had a, we had a funeral, um, 
but they helped me with all of that, like, you know, doing absolutely pretty much everything. I just had to basically show up. <laughs> I have a question for you, and maybe you know the answer and maybe you don't. Is it more common in Australia for people to be buried or cremated? Or is it kind of like here where it's kind of a little of each? It's a little of, it's a little of each. I think it's personal, personal preference. And it's not one of those things that unfortunately me and my husband had never talked about. So it was even, that was even a hard decision to make. And I still question myself if that was the right decision because he's still He's still here. He's he's in my china cabinet with all the tchotchkes, <laughs> with all the dots collected, grandma's dishes and little figurines. Right? Like part of yep. me wishes that I had had some of Scott to put in a can and yeah. put in my cabinet, but we didn't. Yeah. What? And no. Oh my gosh. My dad your, keeps your calling dad. Me he wants guys. to Skype you. My dad. He does, and he doesn't text, so I can't just, like, be like, stop calling me. This is the third time. And I'm on Do Not Disturb, but... Oh, oh my gosh. He needs. He's a funny guy. So you had the funeral, and you had great support from your in-laws, which I is great. How, how did your kids handle... I mean, it's so jostling and so horrible. How did they do, like, in the first few weeks? Like, you still... You said you had the in-laws at your place, right? And your mom. So you had a lot of help. Um, did they, what did they help you with? Oh, basically just my sister. She helped me with all, getting all the paperwork that we needed together, you know, um, for superannuation and, you know, all the documents that we would, we would require. She made all the phone calls to, you know, stop everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she she helped with all the all that paperwork and hard stuff. His parents helped me with the the funeral and all the decisions on um on how to move forward and and what to do. Did you feel like it was so weird to make such big final decisions so quickly? It's so bizarre, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of felt a little pressured because you know they lived such a long way far far away from me for our drive and um it felt like they were trying to rush it through so they could get back home which i i i understand now because you know they live on a, a big property with chickens and a garden and their own responsibilities they have to do yeah, that was really nice that they were able to come and help you. So, Anita, is your dad okay? <laughs> I don't know. I texted my mom and I was like, do you know why dad keeps calling me? And she's like, no, but I'll call him and tell him to stop. <laughs> so, okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. So nobody's dead as far well, as we I, know. That we know of, yeah. He's probably yeah. calling to tell me something like, hey, I got some wood for a project. <laughs> He'd be like, let me teach you how to text. <laughs> oh, that will be the day. It will never happen. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Once I got a text from him and I sent a text to my whole family because it was like, you know how if you hit enter on your text, it like just kind of grows longer. So it was like, mm -hmm. it was like return, <laughs> return, return, L, return, <laughs> return. And that's what I got. And I was like, dad. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was funny. Okay. I'm sorry. So what has your journey been like, Jennifer, since all this has happened. So he passed away. Um, as we know, it's so helpful to have support, which you had in the house. But then when the support goes away, it's like real life settles in and it's easy to kind of sink. How's it been? Oh, yes. It's been really, really tough to be everybody all at once. Um, I chose to go back to work only eight weeks after his passing. I felt like hello we still need an income here <laughs> dang it that's the most annoying part of life dang it. right so yeah and that was very difficult to go back because one of one of my clients who is a very very good regular 
kept ringing work and saying, where's Jennifer? Is she, is she okay? And um, work decided to tell him what had happened. And um, it was really difficult for me because I, I didn't even put a death notice in the paper. Wow. You know, I, I didn't want, I didn't want people to know. I didn't want people to pity me or, you know, model call me or, you know what I mean? I just, I, I didn't want a bar of it. So it was really difficult. It's hard when someone else shares your news. Yeah. So um, when you went back to work, did you then see that client and did it make it even harder? It did make it harder, but he also treated me normal. You know, it was, it was like, how are you today? I said, well, one, I, I said, one day at a time, I'm just basically trying to get back into my work at the moment, not comfortable about talking about anything. And we moved on from that and it just went back to like, you know, normal conversations about normal plain Jane things which was which was helpful and then my second client who was also super regular um my my first going back to her she goes oh where have you been stranger because she had no idea and I said oh I just went on a little holiday and I left yeah and I, I left it I left it at that and um I actually broke down after my visit with her because I wasn't true to myself. I put on this huge front. I put on this huge front that everything was normal. Everything was okay. I don't know how you did that. And, um, yeah, it was really difficult, but it was something I thought I needed to do to get through the day. Did you ever tell her the truth? I actually rang work and asked them to tell her and 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 told them the situation that I I felt very untrue like I I had lied to her and how difficult that was for me and yeah they ended up telling her it was again you know just just treat me normal is all I wanted people to do that's so interesting because I feel like have you seen the movie Alien, where, like, the alien, like, breaks out of that guy's stomach? I feel like that's how yeah. I am all the time, like, when I meet new people. Like, I feel like there's, like, this like this information that's, like, trying to get out, and I, like, can't, I'm, like, you know, stay inside, stay inside, but I just want to be, like, my husband died, you know? Like, every time, you know, I work in healthcare, too, every time I have a new patient, like, and I start working with them, I just feel like there's this, like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to come up? When am I going to have to be, like... And by the way, my husband died, you know, and it, it just, it's like this thing that I can just barely contain. So I think it's interesting that you had the desire to kind of keep it close where I feel like I can't help it escaping, can't hold it back. <laughs> well, and Anita, you guys both have clients or, or patients. And so you both have similar experience in like going back to work yeah. after all this has happened. What? Remind us what your experience was like. I don't remember if we've talked about it on this or not. Well, I'll just, I'll tell you a funny one. And I had this one patient who I was seeing at the time. And when Jason died, I just texted somebody at work and I just said, bye. You know, I was like, you got to figure this out. I'm out, you know. So they got a hold of my patients and just told them that I wasn't able to see them. And they did not tell them why. But one of my patients in her own mind decided that I had moved to Germany. So she, and she was like, <laughs> yeah, that's just what she Why decided. Germany? I have no idea. She was, cause you really like sauerbraten nuts. So anyway, that's kind of a joke that like I moved to Germany and I've never seen, I haven't seen her since because I don't know where she ended up, but I'm in Germany. So I'm not available to take care of her anymore. <laughs> I'm starting to get more comfortable with with kind of telling people now I've just received a new client and she became a a 
a widow when she was only 20. Oh, wow. She was, yeah, she was only married for, for five months with her husband with a baby on the way. So it, it was, it's more comfortable to be with her. Yeah. Because we can kind of, you know, you kind of know, but you kind of don't talk about it either, but it's more comfortable. Yes. There's just something that's like com- more comfortable about being, I mean, I obviously we're around people that have not had the death of a spouse that we're comfortable with, but there is a sort of kinship with people that have gone through something so traumatic that if you're not okay and you're around them, they probably know why you're not okay. And they just, I don't know. I feel like that with Anita, like even today when we got on our zoom call first, I was all stressed out before and then there's Anita and I'm like, everything's fine. Even though like our lives are weird and crazy. I don't know what it is. There's just something. I'm just a soothing German person. You're such a soothing German person. And sauerbraten is my favorite German dish. So please make me some. I don't know if I've ever had sauerbraten. I hate to say that to you. It's so good. It's okay. pot roast, basically, oh, but with I, a good sauce. I like that. Okay. Sorry, Jennifer. Welcome Once to again. our like, shenanigans. <laughs> Oh man, what are what have have you been doing? Um, no, I know you have a lot to deal with because you are working full time, right? Or is it full time that you're working? A casual, but to me, it's full time. And my hours did drop significantly when the COVID business started because, um, my one of my clients who's extremely regular like three days a week she lives in a nursing home hostel so um you know no in no out you know no visits so a lot of my hours reduced a lot and I had to um really push work to actually let me just talk to her on the phone to keep that to keep that connection open yeah um yeah so we came to the conclusion that because you know you you've got to you've got to respect your boundaries so we came to the conclusion I would call her on the hostels iPad through messenger so we still could have that face-to-face that's really sweet of you, actually, because I feel like a lot of those people just all human contact got, you know, cut. So that's rough. I, I felt it was necessary to keep that to keep that opened. And you mentioned something about the fires. Yeah, I know. I want to hear that story. I'm so curious. Please tell us. Yes, well, I said it catastrophic. You had to pack your like little emergency kits, and as you know, I just we decided to cremate my husband, and he was in the china cabinet in a little box, and I'm going around the house getting all the paperwork, getting clothes and toilet paper and whatever else, and I had to make a decision: do I pack my husband? And that's. It was really, yeah. it was hard, but not hard at the same time. It's like, I don't want to lose him again, so I have to pack him. <laughs> Did he have his own bag for himself? <laughs> yeah, you should have packed an emergency kit for him. <laughs> for yes, him. with all of the things he needs. All the things he needs. <laughs> yeah, so I had him packed in a big box full of everything else that we needed. Wow. That's a horrible experience, actually. Yep. Yep. I even took him to work because I had to work that day. But I didn't tell anybody because I thought that was weird. Yeah. And no one would no one would actually really understand, which is unfortunate because, you know, I did question myself and I did ask the little mum's group I had at, at, at the school because, you know, only a few of them actually knew what had happened. Because, you know, as I said, I'm pretty private. And I said, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know whether to pack my husband in or not. And one of them said, I wish I didn't have to take mine. 
And I just, that was the end of the conversation. I, I didn't want to speak or say anything more. It was just like, are you effing kidding me? There's my slang, effing, effing kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she should still get a duck noise with that, Mel, because I like the duck noise. Okay, I'll put, <laughs> I'll insert duck noise here. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, and unfortunately, I I don't really talk to that mum group anymore, especially with the COVID. Yeah. That's so hard because people, I mean, that's human nature to complain about whatever you have to complain about. And so people complain about their husbands all the time, right? And it's so hard not to throat punch people, <laughs> but to try and, like, give them some grace that in their sphere, what they're dealing with is what they're dealing with, and it's a it's a trial for them. And maybe, I don't know, some people do deserve to to uh, complain about their oh, husbands. Yeah. And my three year old <laughs> is pounding on the door. No, I, I I get it. Like, you know, you, you love as much as you love your husband, you you would love to hate him as well. Sometimes, it's just too bad he's we not all... here to hate, right? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's sucking. Yeah. And so, Jennifer, have you found, I know that you are in our widow support group. Have you mm -hmm. found some uh, support mm -hmm. in Australia where you have met other widow, the widows that are in your area or other online groups that have been helping you? I'm more on reading. I have got groups. Uh, I'm more of like reading the posts and reading their stories and reading their their pain and their discomfort, but I, I don't tend to put it out there myself. And I just want to say, obviously you've told us you're a private person and you agreed to share your story with us and that's a big deal. So thank you so much. I know that's hard. I thought it would not only help me, but maybe help someone else too, because my, my story is completely different to all the other widow stories you've had so far. Yeah, definitely. And I can't believe that he didn't get approved for the surgery and <laughs> then he's dead the next week of something that's not related to the accident, right? Like that's so weird yeah. and awful. I wanted to sue, I wanted to sue the pants off them. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's a natural a natural response to that. There are so many emotions that come with the unknown too cuz it's like you don't know but you have emotion and so where do you direct it like you and you're waiting for an autopsy so like you want to be yes. mad at that because you're like i know that's what it is and then it comes back that that's not so that's like a whole other brain shift right where you have to yeah. like come to terms with wait he had this underlying heart thing and we didn't know about yeah. it and then he died from it what yeah and three weeks three weeks later i had to um put his dog to sleep oh, on top of that's oh. just rude it's rude yeah we end up finding he had bone cancer oh so he, poor puppy he, he was actually put to sleep <laughs> um on my, on my husband's birthday oh gosh oh. yeah there's almost something poetic about that though like tragic like it belongs in shakespeare tragedy yeah. you know it was my birthday it was my yeah. birthday gift to him. Oh, so the dog was the dog was your birthday gift to your husband, and then the dog you had to be put down on your husband's birthday after your husband died. Well, she was delivering the dog back to her husband so that he could have him in that her him or her in the That's afterlife. Did I tell you guys? Um, my I had a dog situation, a dog death situation after my husband died. I had a pug that was 14 years old and you know, they're, when they're 14, they're like kind of going downhill. And when my husband died, the pug got new life again. It was like, she was like three years old running around and like, whatever, I'm a pug. Yeah. <laughs> Snorting and stuff. <laughs> and then six months to Scott's death day came and six months and one day after dead. It was like, she was given this like life pass for only six months. And then on six months and one day gone. So Shoot, that's so hard to lose a pet, that too. That dog made a deal with the devil or something. Yeah, I had so, I had yeah. so, many, so many firsts 
in such a short time after his passing. You know, I had my birthday and then I had his birthday and then I had our first daughter's birthday and then we had our wedding anniversary and then we had, you know, my second daughter's birthday all in a space of two months. Whoa. It's like a bunch of punches to your gut, right? Oh, it was a nightmare. It's so much to process. The first year around wasn't much better. (laughs) Being that, yeah. I've heard people say in some of the groups that we're in um, that the first year it is hard and the second year is harder. Now, my second year was not harder. And you're just, what, 13 months into this, Jennifer. So you're going to have to let us know how the second year goes. So maybe we will have you back on. After that, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you've had a whole rough go of it, um, but we really appreciate you talking with us. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on here because, for most of our guests, I feel like it's been very natural and and um, it has felt comfortable for them to talk about it. And I think it's been more of a yep. stretch for you. I think it's been more difficult for you. And so it's almost like it counts more for you. The other people and like for us, we just blab, 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 blab. But blah, 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 blah. since you're a little more quiet, a little, yeah, a little more private, it's like this probably took real guts. And so I appreciate that you're willing to do that. And for the purpose of helping somebody else, you know, not for self aggrandizement, no, but to just... Anita's child. Sorry, I'm yelling at my kids. Go out the door. I love that they like come in when it's like a super serious, sad moment. Sorry, everyone. No, I don't know. <laughs> After dinner, my daughter's excited that she'll be late for school. Oh, thank us. Hey, daughter. Yeah. we're here to help you. I'm all for getting out oh of school. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I'll be very busy today. I've got to actually bake her birthday cake today. Oh. Oh. Is it her birthday today? Her birthday's on Saturday. I've got to work all day Friday. Oh. Is this going to be a fancy cake or is this going to be like, are you a cake decorator? I have dabbled in, in cake decorating. I wouldn't say that I'm absolutely fantastic, but I'm not that half bad either. That's cool. Kate, we want a picture of the birthday cake. Will you send us one? Yeah, and I'll send you some previous ones prior uh, that I've done before. This time around, I'm attempting a cake that resembles a fox. Oh, we need to see That's it. That's cool. It was just my one of my son's birthdays, and he comes into my bedroom and he's like, Mom. What I want is I want a Death Star cake. And I was like, okay, I'm not making you a Death Star cake. And he's like, okay, well, then just make me a TIE Fighter cake. He's been super into Star Wars lately. So what he ended up getting was a tiny cake from the grocery store that had hamburgers and hot dogs on top of it. (laughs) I was like, this is what you get. (laughs) I'm not making a Death Star cake. Were they gummy hamburgers and hot dogs? Because that sounds disgusting. No, but they love those. They were like those rings. So they're just like little oh, plastic things. Oh, it wasn't like you actual pieces of hot dogs rings. and actual pieces of ham. No, 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 no. It was like it was like a decoration of, I don't know, it was like a barbecue cake, but it was what they had at the grocery store. <laughs> it sounds festive. Oh, my gosh. I know. We're so grateful that we had you on here, and thank you for reaching out and being willing to share your story. Uh, yeah, but as I said, I thought it would not only help me, but in hope that somebody else who is struggling might help them to. So anybody that's listening, Jennifer is in our Widow Wives group, so feel free to reach out to her and tell her thank you for sharing her story. And I think it's really interesting how far things like this can spread because we just think oh we're here recording like on our computers and whatever and it's just us three right but then other people hear it and then you find that it's been inspiration to a lot of people or given courage to somebody so good job for being brave i found you guys when i was only nine months into my journey I'm glad that it's been helping you. So thank you. Thanks for your support. We have gotten a couple messages from you. And so it helps us to know that we are helping others. So we appreciate you. And it's worth the time. <laughs> yeah. The effort especially when he's <laughs> for Mel, 
whose thumb is going to fall off from editing. I know. Sometimes I have trigger finger and then sometimes I have tendonitis because I'm like, edit, edit, edit. But it's fine. Who cares? I'm alive. It's fine. Thanks for joining us today as we talk to Jennifer from Australia and listen to some of her um, crazy story, especially the part about the fires. And we're just grateful that she was willing to share her story. Join us next time. Remember to leave a rating and a review and also to join the Widow Wives Club if you're a widow or a widower. And And remember to post your widow wins when you have them, whether they're big or small or big and small at the same time. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. I'm Jennifer. And we're just three widows trying to figure out widow, widow we, we do now. Do now. Yes. Job. <laughs> Thank and you, now Jennifer. you've seen how hard it is to do it together on the internet. <laughs> That's why it's always like <laughs> This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what well, is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not. Who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.